knowing what hurts someone's feelings isn't going to be common sense to someone else. So if you're holding a grudge because feelings are hurt, but your go-to strategy for how to maneuver through that and work through it is not to actually resolve anything, it's to hold a grudge, then there's a problem. Welcome to the Push Podcast. Why push? Because a nudge is just too friendly. And friend, we're here to help you get your shit together. I'm Eddie. And I'm Janelle. And we're the Copelands. We've got three daughters, two businesses, a mortgage, and lots of responsibilities. So just like you, we're struggling to find that perfect balance of ambitious go-getter hustle while still staying present, loving our kids, and working on our relationship. <laughs> and doing the laundry, going to the grocery store. Oh, and don't forget being mindful. Yeah, mindful all of the stuff. <laughs> So if you're juggling all the things, but you're also trying to get to the next level, guess what? You're in the right place. So get ready to be pushed. Hey guys, welcome back to the Push Podcast. I am Janelle Copeland. And I am the E-C-T-D-J-A. I messed up on that one. You mess up every single (laughs) time we do this. Yes, in the house. Anyways, this is episode number 117, and today we're going to be talking about holding grudges. Mm. Why are we doing this? Because uh, we're going into the holidays. Like, this mm, is... That's not really why we're doing this. Well, that's not why we're doing, why we're doing this. I thought it was because, you, <laughs> you know, most of the grudges people keep are either with spouses, family members, friends. It's usually not a stranger. So... Mm. As you go into, it's as we head into the holidays. Hold a grudge against a stranger. I know, which is ridiculous, right? You think about the people that mean the most to you, you hold grudges against. And the people that you care nothing about, you hold zero grudges against. Right. So holding a grudge definition is when you harbor anger, bitterness, resentment, or other negative feelings long after someone has done something to hurt you or wrong you. Right. Um <laughs> <laughs> so it's, so it, it, behind the scenes, uh, timeout, behind the scenes of the Push podcast, every single time. Okay, we met someone recently and they were like intrigued by the podcast and they're like, how do you come up with topics? And I'm like, well, we always have something going on. Right. So generally, we choose a topic that is impacting us in some way, shape or form. Mm-hmm. Generally, there are people in circumstances and situations that we can't really talk about on the podcast. But it makes it difficult because anytime we are vulnerable and we do share things that we know our listeners are also struggling with, we share it with hopes of inspiring you or, you know, showing you that we don't have our shit together and everybody is dealing with the same things because when you can hear your struggles in someone else, then it becomes relatable and you don't feel so alone. And so we want to share a ton with you. But there's often things that we can't share. Well, I think we, yeah, and the thing is, is if we ever share anything and it's about you, it's to help others. <laughs> so, <laughs> or uh, to help we, us. But we will, yeah, it, it, to help us. But we'll also uh, protect your your name and all the. Yeah. So Eddie's there. answer is just change the names of the people and nobody will know. And that's not really the case because it's come up in conversation recently that people we don't think listen to the podcast actually listen. Everybody listens to the Push Podcast. So the rule was originally, like, <laughs> if you don't listen, then we it's Fair free game. for all, right? <laughs> and you know that it's in good spirit. It's never right. We've never, ever talked badly about someone. We've made fun of 
certain issues and situations and things that, again, we think would be beneficial, not only to you, but things that we're probably working through. And so just know that every week, no matter how excited we are or in good spirits, there's always something that we're working to overcome or push through. And so that's the reason why we started the podcast right. was because we felt like we had more than our fair share of struggles and challenges. And we were just constantly trying to come up with ways to get through things. And then we were like, you know what? Other people need help with this too. Right. So that's where it came from. So recently I have interacted with someone who's in my family that See, that's where you give it's it away. always difficult to deal with. I'll just say that. And it's, you know, there's a lot of like hurt and a lot of mostly expectations mm -hmm. that are not met on both sides from both parties myself from the other person. Mm -hmm. And so it results in this really uncomfortable conversation anytime we interact. Can we get to slow down? And I bit? hate it. Yeah. Can we slow down a little bit? Whatever you want to do. This is your so, show. No, so, <laughs> <laughs> so when Janelle says expectations, I want people to really understand that. What she means by that is like we clearly in any interaction, in any relationship, there's a certain way you want someone to show up. Mm -hmm. There's a certain way that you want them to interact with you in your world, right? But it's unspoken. It's unspoken. Almost 100% of the time. Yeah, exactly. Unless you have a healthy relationship where you're communicating that. But you have clear expectations that are invisible that you want everyone to meet. Right. This is the you reason. You are my safe space, though. Like, right. This and is I am the, yours. Right. 100%. You tell me what you need from me, and I need from you. 100%. If you die, I'm done. You, there will be nobody else on the planet that I can be 100%. Hey, this is what I need from you. What do you need from me? Right. Because it's very transactional with us, which works well. <laughs> right. But, I, just, it does, right, right? right? And maybe think about how your relationship is with your spouse. I mean, we spent an hour and a half this morning with our Pusher Society talking about invisible expectations, right. whether it be in a relationship with your children, with your parents, whoever, your boss, whoever you're interacting with, right? And so the one thing that we have that's really something I appreciate is we have open communication. Tell me exactly what you need from me. I'll tell you what I need from you. There's no guessing. So we always make each other happy. Yeah. And I think in the times that we fall short, it's usually because, oh, I didn't know that was a new expectation because we're constantly <laughs> evolving as individuals. Changing expectations. Right. And so you're going to, hopefully you keep changing, you evolve and your expectations change. But the key thing is I think that like we understand that it's an expectation. So the communicating it is so important. Well, so to my point is, is that when Janelle says that like the individual, they don't necessarily meet each other's expectations is because they're in a relationship where communication is very difficult. Right. right? So and, an example, uh -huh. one of our Pusher Society members today, she was saying that I think with her mother, no, sorry, with her partner, her partner comes from a household that's very toxic. Mm -hmm. And so they had poor communication growing up, right? So people are thinking when we talk about like, well, what are your expectations? What are my expectations? And what do we bring to the relationship? A lot of people I know say, well, that's common sense. Be courteous to each other. Don't raise your voice. And I'm just here to tell you, I hate it when people say common sense because in the situation with our Pusher Society member, her level of common sense is only what she has experienced. It's, it's only what she's right. seen. It's only the way she was raised. And so expecting 
that her partner bring that same level of interaction because it should be common sense is not common. The partner is doing what is common to her. And unfortunately, she grew up in a household where communication was not very strong and arguments happened regularly and people held grudges, right? And so you can't come together in any relationship, a working relationship, a business partnership, a love relationship, a relationship with anyone for that matter, if you think that common sense is like an unspoken thing and you should have the same common sense that I have, but we weren't raised the same way. Right. And and we also, we broke this down to not only from a common sense standpoint, but also from a standpoint of common language, right? So we all have well-defined words that are in our vocabulary that you can look up in a dictionary. You can see the definition. You get it, right? But also there, for every word that we use, we all have different meaning because we all have a different world that we're interpreting, right? And so our interpretation of a certain word may be different for Janelle than it is for Eddie, which in our relationship, it was the case, right? right? And so when we talked about parenting and you talked about the fact that as a parent, you wanted the children to fear you and have a sense of like, oh, she's not messing around. And when I heard fear, I heard uh, based on my background, based on my experience, something that was moved to resentfulness from when it came to my stepdad, right? right? And so for me, the word fear and the word fear for Janelle was two different things. Even though we understood the definitions, it meant something different, right? Mm -hmm. So in your relationships right now, in the communication that you have, so in the relationship that Janelle's kind of describing, the definitions, the meanings of words are totally different for uh, both parties. For both parties. And the, the thing is, is that there's a strategy and a way to respond that Janelle has, and then the other person has a way of doing it that does not flow very well. And they don't see eye to eye from a value standpoint, from what every single aspect Everything. of living. <laughs> <laughs> so the reason why for this episode is because a lot of it centers on like the grudges people keep mm -hmm. and the quiet, silent, like creeps Invisible on you, deteriorates everything in your mm -hmm. world type of grudges. Right. So with that said, quickly, just kind of going back to you, like your words mean something different to everyone. It's important that you know that, right? So when I hear someone say, well, that hurt my feelings, what hurt your feelings right. maybe didn't hurt my feelings, right. right? So when you're dealing with relationships and people, especially that are in your family, knowing what hurts someone's feelings isn't going to be common sense to someone else, mm -hmm. right? So if you're holding a grudge because feelings are hurt, but your go-to strategy for how to maneuver through that and work through it is not to actually resolve anything, it's to hold a grudge, then there's a problem. And yeah. so we were at dinner the other night and I was expressing some frustration and I was saying, you know, well, I just don't understand. I don't understand why we can't communicate properly. I don't understand why... We can't be kind to each other. I don't understand why this happens consistently every single interaction. Mm -hmm. And my husband, who's very much like Jesus, and I'll revisit in a second, said, well, what's that person's go-to strategy for dealing with conflict? And what is your go-to strategy for dealing with conflict? And the answer, first of all, that's a really great question. So I'm going to ask you, if you are in a partnership or a relationship having some sort of issues... What's your go-to strategy for dealing with conflict? And what that could mean is like someone says something to you and immediately you think about how 
they hurt you and how they don't like you and how this happens all the time. And so you, and we talked about this in another podcast, how you think this always happens. You think it's permanent. They always mm-hmm. treat you this way, right? That could be your strategy. And you can, you're going to respond based on that strategy. Mm-hmm. And then depending on who you are, this particular person has a kind of inflated ego from a standpoint of they will not let their pride to the side, will not subdue it to submit themselves to you, in it, whether it be for ask for forgiveness or come to terms with things that have been lingering for so long. Mm-hmm. And so their response is always kind of a- Combative. Combative. I, you know, I'm going to show you who's boss, you know, and I'm going to redirect where the problem is and put that on someone else. Right. So here's an example. When my husband asked me, well, what is this person's, let's call this person Sarah. There you go. So Sarah, what is Sarah's strategy when conflict arises? And I said, to be mean, to be hurtful, to be spiteful, to hold a grudge, to not talk about it and to practice avoidance. Mm-hmm. Right. And Janelle, what is your go-to strategy when conflict arises to talk about it? Communicate, lean in, get to the bottom of this, find a resolution, like let's figure this out and let's get done with it. Right, so that's my strategy. Good or bad, I'm going to lean in 100% of the time. When we've had conflict, when I've had conflict with my daughters, hey, we need to sit down, we need to talk about this, let's address it, let's understand each other, let's kind of come to some sort of resolution, Right. right? Well, the issue is, is that the person, Sarah. Not to be confused with Sarah B. Smiles. I love Sarah B. Smiles. (laughs) But Sarah and Janelle don't have the same strategy. Right. So what happens is, is if one of us is holding a grudge or both of us are holding the grudge, like I don't like the way this person interacts with me. I don't like the way this person is practicing avoidance constantly then you kind of just stay stuck Mm -hmm. because there's nowhere to go from here. You're practicing and exercising your strategy and they're practicing and executing their strategy that has worked 100%. Maybe it's effective, maybe it's not, but it's always been a go-to strategy. Well, they have found a way to make it beneficial for them, whether it's, I have found to inflict the most amount of pain. If you hurt me, this strategy puts pain back onto you. Right. And so um, I hope you guys are catching this because we're not just telling you a story about our lives and Janelle's not just opening up and telling you about a situation. We're hoping that this resonates with you because you probably have these types of things in your life right now. Mm-hmm. But you people pick strategies because at some point it worked. Right. Right. It got them the edge. It made them feel better. It made them feel more powerful, whatever it is. But that's the thing. And then what's also blame. what's also kind of stacked on top of that is that this person also violates what you value most. Right. And that's thoughtfulness, that's caring. And I'm not saying my wife is an amazing woman, and I'm not saying she's perfect, but what I'm saying is those are things that are really important. If you're not thoughtful, if you're not thinking about others and you're extremely empathetic. And you're not respectful. Right. And, and so those things are yeah. like when you violate those things for her, it really puts a strain on the relationship and it really puts a situation for now. You're now she's gonna be probably angry with you, right? Wait, Janelle's gonna be angry with Sarah or right. Sarah's gonna be angry you're gonna with Janelle? You're gonna be angry with See, this is difficult to change the name. <laughs> Sarah. You're gonna be angry with Sarah because Sarah has now not only has her strategy to handling situations not aligned with you, but in the process of dealing with the conflict. They continue to violate your value system yep. and the things that you hold dear to you. So it makes it like, you know, the question is, is like, okay, well, if my strategy, which is to talk and to lean in and to work things through, 
that seems like a viable strategy with anyone, right? right? Hey, let's talk about this. But if I know that based off of all the years of my life interacting with Sarah, that this has never been effective, mm-hmm. then is what, it worth it? Right. And the answer is no. Like I can't constantly try to like use my way, but also if you don't have a solid strategy, then that's going to continue to add strain to the relationship, right? Right. And yeah, and that's an interesting thing because we would say we're pretty open-minded and willing to say, hey, if I'm approaching you this wrong, I really want to find the right way to do Mm -hmm. it and get to the place of of vulnerability and humility. But when you're dealing with someone where that's not thinking in those lines, it's very hard to keep that person in your life. Well, you know what's worse though? When you're able to do that, but they don't even respect that. Mm. So they don't respect or value your opinion. They don't respect or value the fact that you want to talk it through and work it out. They don't respect or value the fact that you're tired of being in this same situation and you want some resolution and you want things to just progress. If they don't equally value that, and then I feel like they don't value the relationship, then it's done for me. Yeah. Like there's no way up or out from there for me. So I think we have to distinguish the difference between when you say they're done with you, you're like, you're done with them. The difference between letting that person go and, and holding a grudge. Because sometimes the method of in which people hold grudges is to not speak to someone, mm-hmm. right? And But they still are anchored emotionally by that person. And when we were going down this kind of rabbit hole of, of, of grudges, I didn't realize that there's actually a personality disorder for this. It's called paranoid personality disorder. PP. PPD. Okay. <laughs> and it's people who paranoid uh, personality disorder see threats all around them. They tend to hold grudges, dwelling on to the point of obsession of past slights they've experienced. The tendency is to keep them from actually getting close relationships, and they build hostility and distrust with those around them. That's and, Sarah. <laughs> but that's so you believe that they're holding a grudge? Um, based on evidence. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. But the key thing is, is I've I've done nothing to intentionally cause any harm or hurt or anything. I think it's just a matter of like, because I can't use my strategy, which is I want to talk things through with you. Like, let's come to some resolution. I've kind of just said, okay, I have to be done with it and kind of create some distance. So now I feel like Sarah's holding a grudge against me because there's distance. And so like, If Sarah's not a part of my life and she doesn't see my kids grow and she doesn't interact with, you know, our lives on a day to day basis, that's of no doing on my end. Mm. So then it's like, well, what am I supposed to do? Come after you? Because, again, you don't value any of this stuff. If you did, you'd put your pride aside and you'd say, hey, I want to be a part of these things. Hey, let's rectify this. Hey, can we come to a compromise? Hey, can we talk about these things? But if that's not that person's strategy, then they just sit and sulk and then the time just passes. And then the more time that you spend apart, I think it becomes easier and easier, but that's not always the best solution, especially when you're talking about family or someone you're really close to. So I think we have to give some type of way that to help people because there are other people that have a Sarah in their life. Poor Sarah. Uh, if some you're, people if, might if be you're... listening and they are Sarah. 
Yeah, and how do you know if you're Sarah? I think you know <laughs> that you are Sarah if you are harboring resentment, bitterness, anger, frustration, but you're expecting the other person to know why you're mad at them. Yeah. Like if you are mad at someone and they genuinely do not know why you're mad, but you're like, how could they not know? Chances are they don't know. Well, I will tell you, so a, a good sign that you are Sarah is everything that Janelle just said, you're holding a grudge, but you have not clearly articulated to this person how they have offended you, how they have slighted you, how they have made you feel, and you haven't really given them an opportunity to gain your forgiveness. And the reason why I say that is because you may be thinking, well, I have a grudge, but I haven't talked to that person or I haven't shown them that I'm upset. Trust me, you they have, know, yeah. right? Because if you harbor something like that, it comes across in everything that you do, how you respond, how you talk to that person, in the little things, yeah. and then how you, like they do something and how you pick it apart, right? Can I how share you a make story? It, yeah, go ahead. So in the bakery, we had kind of departments. There was a baking team that was responsible for baking cupcakes. There's a decorating team, and then there's a front end team, mm -hmm. like front of house, right? And everyone had their respective departments and duties, but at the same time, we're a team. And so I remember one time asking someone in the bakery, let's say Jane, Jane, can you move this over here or wash this dish or something? And she said, oh, that's not my job. I put it back there because John keeps not doing that. Like he keeps not taking care of his end of the deal. And so I said, so first of all, you said, it's not my job. Second of all, you're putting it back on John. Why? Well, because he never does X, Y, and Z. Right. So that is a grudge. Like if you are saying, well, that's not my job and you constantly do this. And so I'm going to put it back on John's plate. Mm -hmm. And so I said, well, does John know that you're upset and feeling this way? Well, John should know because mm. John should do his job. So I pulled John in. Hey, so, you know, I noticed you haven't been doing this. Oh, I didn't know that that was fully my responsibility. I can work on that. Has no clue that Jane is upset, holding a grudge and putting stuff back on his station because that's his job. Right. And she's done it too many times. But isn't that like the, the quintessential, like, understand that's where frustration right. comes from. Frustration so, is, is usually like things that are unsaid. Right. So that was the second thing I wanted to share. In the bakery, there was a rule that you could not come to me and express the F word, which is frustration. Because if you come to me frustrated about something, that means it has happened consistently. And the only thing I'm going to ask you is, does that person know that you're frustrated with them? And if you tell me no, then you have no business being frustrated because frustration comes from, hey, I have gone over this with you 50 times. We've talked about this you know, to no end, and you continuously do X, Y, and Z, then you have the right to be frustrated. But yeah. if you don't address it, and the person literally doesn't know that you're upset about anything, but you have these invisible expectations, then shame on you. And here's the thing that's important. If you are that person that, let's just say, like you're John and or you're the other person, I don't know who- Jane. Jane. <laughs> Jane, this is not how you- address it. John, if you keep leaving your shit on here, I'm going to lose my mind, right? That's not how you address it. John, I've done feedback, your dishes seven times in the feedback, last week. It goes both ways. And, and if you're trying to give someone feedback, the best way to do that so that you can get past this, because the thing we're going to talk about next is, is you want to seek out forgiveness. Like you want 
to forgive somebody, the last thing you want to do is hold on to something that weighs you down, creates frustration and mm-hmm. anger in your life. And the other person has no clue. Yeah. Like it's tormenting you and they're just walking around skipping. Mm-hmm. You go to John and you say, John, when you leave these things on my station, this is what it does. Here's the impact. Mm-hmm. It makes it harder for me. I can't find my things, all these things, blah, blah, blah. I would really appreciate if you make sure this area stayed clear so mm-hmm. that I it made it a better work environment for myself and for others. Can you do that? And you ask for them mm-hmm. to compromise or to make an agreement. And if they say yes, then you hold them accountable to that. And then you move on. Mm-hmm. But what that's people, the opposite of holding a grudge. Right, that's, the, that's how you handle it, right. right? But you end up creating grudges because you don't want a resolution. So yes, I do think that your strategy is probably the most effective. Let's get to a resolution. Let's get to some, at least a common ground or at least understanding mm-hmm. so that I can at least say, all right, I forgive you. I don't want to keep this grudge anymore. I don't agree with how mm-hmm. you handle it. I don't agree. Maybe you walk away from the conversation saying that you both disagree of on each other's behavior or whatever it is, and you think you're right. Mm-hmm. But at least you go out and you try to seek some understanding because the last thing you want to do is hold on to those things. Yeah. So I think the big thing that I would say is that when people think about the situation you're describing, what is the clear difference between like you're not going to hold a grudge. You're going to try not to hold a grudge on the, on this situation, but you are going to probably like l- let that person go to a certain extent. Right. And I think people need to clearly understand what the difference is. I mean, I'm not willing to let the situation control me, but I'm also not going to invest any more time in it. And so I think someone who's holding a grudge is like, watching you on social media they're watching you what you do and they're adding and stacking and oh this is another thing that i can add that they've done to piss me off or to exclude me from or and it's like when you continue to amplify your narrative again that the other person doesn't even know like i'm not even aware of that because i think i think you're so upset and you're socially so emotional about it that you become very self-centered and you think everything they're doing is directed towards you to right. piss you off even more. So if you're feeling like that and you're a Push Podcast member, you got a problem mm-hmm. with grudge, right? And you got to find a way to resolve it because more than likely that person's not even thinking about you, but you've made every action they take about you. And I think we see this a lot in when people get divorced, yep. right? And some, you know, and everyone goes into a place where they start, maybe they get in shape or whatever they do. And, and they think and that, and it feels like it's shot fired every time something is post. Yeah. Right. And so I think that those things you have to resolve because you just don't, you don't want to hang on to them. But I also think that the difference between like letting someone go and holding a grudge is that you accept them for who they are and you accept them at the distance that they are. And mm-hmm. you said, that's fine. You can be who you are at that distance. I just can't have you in my world. And I'm at peace with that. Yeah, I think the reason it doesn't drive me crazy is because I don't I don't want to change you like you mm-hmm. don't want to change. So I don't want to change it. You haven't enlisted me to help you. You've been right. asked to change. You're not looking or seeking resolution. You just want to continue. And I'm not willing to continue like this. And the thing is, is it, it's unhealthy, right? If I'm holding a grudge against someone for something they did that they know or don't know, I think those types of behaviors and beliefs, they bleed into other areas of your life, right? And so then before you know it, I'm holding a grudge against my boss. I'm holding a grudge against my kid, my husband, like all these invisible expectations that nobody even knows that's why I'm upset or being bitchy all the time is because I'm holding on to all these grudges. Mm, Like 
people can other people who are not even related can do things that are similar in action and mm-hmm. trigger that. And before you know it, you're pissed at them. Yeah. For- and then 24 hours a day, you're just sitting there with full of resentment and like animosity and hostility because you got all these people like it's like you're ta- keeping this tab of everything. Yeah. You know, and I think that. I'm looking for as much freedom in my life as possible so I don't have time to tally up and keep tabs on what you owe me, what I owe you. I just don't have time for that. So do you think, like, so one of the things, and I don't know if I shared this before, but one of the things that I did with my stepdad, because he didn't even know that I was holding on a grudge from my my childhood and teenage years, Mm -hmm. and I randomly called him and I said, hey, I forgive you. I forgive you for everything. And I want to release you, but really I want to release myself from that hangup. And I was shocked. He was probably shocked, but I remember we had a conversation. We ended the conversation and I felt this weight off of me yeah. and it freed me because I think, and I don't have any urges to have him in my life, but it made me feel release good about it. to say, Hey, I want to release you and I release myself from this burden. Well, that was a big problem for you. When we first got together, you'd wake up at night, like punching the wall and like wanting to fight. And it was always about him. And right. I was like, okay, you're going to punch me one day and I'm going to have to literally <laughs> have go to work and be like, my boyfriend accidentally hit me. <laughs> and that's not going to be bad. Right. Like, that's not going to be good. So But I'm just curious, some people are thinking like if I picked up the phone, like if I pick up the phone and call Sarah and say, hey, I release you and I I forgive you, Sarah is going to be like, what for? Because that's the prideful person that Sarah is. Right. But I think this becomes one of those things that maybe it's just about you. Maybe it's about you letting them go and for yourself, whether they know anything about it or not, but maybe it's for your own sanity. I don't know. I got to pray on that <laughs> because I feel like I have forgiven. Yeah, everything. but I think also you want resolution. That's the problem, right? So I'm a resolution kind of person. But if you can't get resolution, then I have to just stay away. <laughs> but you, yeah, but then I, I don't have a problem staying away, right? And that may be the right thing to do. But I just think that for those that are listening, the key thing for all of this is you either have to seek out forgiveness or you have to forgive. And I think that when you do that and you do that effectively, it releases both individuals from that situation and gives to a place where you can have peace. And as we get into the depths of the holidays and Thanksgiving and Christmas and everything that goes on in between, what you want to have is peace in your heart. Mm-hmm. The last thing you want to think about is the person that's not there, that's it's bothering you because like to your point, you want to have a resolution, but they're not there. And, right. and it becomes this thing where you can't really fully enjoy yourself and have peace. But you know, relationships are funny because it's like, usually in a relationship, one person gives more than the other. Right. You know, and that's- Maybe in seasons. Yeah, in seasons. But that's also like when you're going through a breakup or in a toxic relationship, usually one person wants to make it work more than the other. Mm -hmm. And you can't always be the person that's like always bending and compromising and trying to rectify and fix because- it's just not fair at some point, right, you know? Right. And it's not healthy for you at some point to keep being the mender of all relationships. And I think that's when you have to so that's why I'm discard it yeah. from your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 100%. So yeah. Back to my husband, Edward Copeland, being very Jesus-like. This <laughs> is our first podcast that we've actually had time to sit down and record since my brother Jared's wedding to my new sister-in-law, Christina Farr. My brother and Chrissy asked my husband to officiate their wedding, which was really an amazing thing to watch. 
And I just want to tell everybody how proud I am of you because you just always exude such a great aura that people can't help but to gravitate towards, right? You're always so calm. You're always so understanding, so attentive, and people love that about you, which is why they thought you'd be perfect to officiate them in their vows and their union. So I'm proud of you. Thank you. And then also... My sister Richland is getting married next October and also asked Eddie to officiate her wedding. And she didn't even know that Jared had asked. So they both separately asked you to marry them at the same time. And then recently you got asked to officiate another wedding for some coworkers. Yep. And so I just want to tell you how proud I am of you. And you you. are very Jesus-like. And not only (laughs) I see it, but lots of other people too. So The reason why I'm bringing that up right now is because I don't know what I would do without you and it's going to make me emotional, but we talk about like if one of us were to die and and because it's going to happen, one of us is going to die, right? But I'm really hoping that it's me first because- (laughs) I thought you were going to say, I hope it's you. I was like, yeah, I'll take that. Really hoping that it's me first because then I wouldn't have anyone to ask me the difficult questions that you ask me. I would only have my push podcast listeners. And so I'd be spewing out all of my problems on the podcast instead of being able to bounce them off of someone. So that's another reason why I think this podcast is so valuable because you may not have someone, a strong partner that can ask you questions like this or like these, but I think this discussion is worthy of, you know, you playing for someone that you might be struggling with in a relationship or maybe wanting to build better communication in a certain relationship. I feel like this is a great episode for that because invisible expectations and, you know, not being able to talk about how you feel or have healthy strategies to kind of work towards resolution, it can be really debilitating. So um, that's all I have to say. I hope this episode serves you. I know that these questions were things that I've been processing through for a long time, but thanks to you, you always give me great perspective. So Yeah, love you. So we hope this served you. This episode was really just like an avalanche of thoughts and mm-hmm. things for you to take perspectives as you go into the holidays. If you can, look in your heart, seek out forgiveness if you've done something wrong to someone. And then on the other end of that, forgive. Like, that's just important. Yeah, not everybody's worthy of forgiveness, but for that's yourself, not what Jesus would say. Right, but I'm the kidding, thing I'm is, for, remember, forgiveness is for you, yeah. not no, for the other person. I'm joking. Then, I a thousand percent agree. <laughs> what I'm saying is, though, again, not every relationship is salvageable. Is right, and, and that's, even yeah. though you forgive, and I want to make this yeah. clear because I think that's really good. Even though you forgive, it doesn't mean that you're letting them into your life. Right. You're forgiving them to say, I'm going to release myself and I'm going to release you from this emotional tie. But we can do this separate. Yeah. We don't have to do it together. We have a previous episode on zero fucks. And I would just say that's very much how I want as much freedom as possible. So I'm not going to hold a grudge. I'm not going to have any ill will towards you. I never want to see anybody do bad, go through horrible things. And I will always be there to support, to love, even if it's from a distance to cheer you on. But yeah, boundaries, baby. Absolutely. So have a great night, everyone. And great night. Have great a day. great day. Great life. We'll talk to you in the next episode. Bye. Push through. Thank you for listening to the Push Podcast. 
hey, we want to hear from you. So if you have a question or there's a particular topic that you want us to tackle and you want us to help you push through, you got to do something for us. You got to go to Apple Podcasts and you got to leave a rating and a review. And in that review, go ahead and leave that question with your Instagram handle so that we can shout you out when we actually answer the question. And we'll talk about that on the podcast and make sure that, hey, this particular podcast is made for you. So leave a rating, leave a review, leave your handle. And until next time, push through.